the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleGo.com. WrestleVille. It's where wrestling lives. This is Brandon Watley, and you're listening to the Russellville Podcast. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is Brandon Watley, professional wrestler from Georgia. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Vinny. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Brendan, thank you very much for uh, coming on our show. And for those who, who may not be familiar with your six-year career, uh, just kind of give us a, a a quick rundown of, of what you've done so far. I started wrestling around the spring of 2015 under a mask. That way I could get my feet in the water and get a little experience and whatnot. And, and I wrestled under the mask till early 2016 then i went on like a hiatus for a while because of job reasons then i was able to wrestle without a mask and immediately after that i ended up being in the tag team with myself and a dude named sean christopher we trained under the same guy named ace hazen and um he's doing some different stuff now so started out a tag team tapped with him for about a year and a half, then I went solo for a year and a half. Then there was supposed to be a third guy that was supposed to be in the team with us. As soon as he, as soon as the third guy named Julius Pryor, he was supposed to join our group, but I ended up turning heel and Sean was hurt. So we used my heel turn to kind of like cover up him being injured. But people that was coming to the Pro South Wrestling show, they was like, they, they was, uh, saying stuff like, man, it would have been real cool to see you and Pryor team up because, you know, you're big and athletic and he's short and athletic and he kind of like moves like Eddie from Tech and blah, 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 blah. And I kept that in the back of my head for a while. So by the time 2019 rolled around, it was this promotion called New Era Wrestling in, uh, Jasper, Alabama. They needed a tag team, and they already had Julius Fryer on their roster, and the Hill tag team there, they was, like, outnumbering him and stuff. So I came in as, like, a surprise partner for him. We tagged for, like, a year there, and then COVID hit. Started back up after COVID. A lot of shows in Georgia started picking me up, like Southern Boston Wrestling. They're a fairly new show. they only been around six years. So they pick me up, and I'm, like, one of their main guys. Um, What's the name of that? Uh, GIPW, Georgia Independent Pro Wrestling. I hopped on uh, that roster. I just showed up with a few guys. They they had an extra spot. I wrestled. They liked me. Been there since. Um, then there's this other show called Renegade Championship Wrestling in Chatsworth, Georgia. I went up there to work on some character development things, see what works, what doesn't. And those people up there like end up like me, the promoters, the fans and the guys in the locker room and stuff. So I just been 
doing all three shows lately, plus Revolutionary Wrestling Alliance in Tennessee. I was a I was a mainstay for them. I started doing their show last year right after COVID. So, or right after the shutdown, and some shows started picking back up. Then shows that picked me up, I ended up being a mainstay there while I was still wrestling at Pro Style Wrestling at the same time, which is a Friday show, while everybody else is a Saturday and a Sunday show. Well, talk to me a little bit about your experience about wrestling under the mask, because I've I've heard of some wrestlers do that. What are the, the pros and the cons of doing that? Well, the pros, the pros is if you're just starting out and you suck, people won't know that it's you that suck. And then at the same time, well, you get in-ring experience. Um, you get to test out different things. And oh, and here's a pro. Here's a pro for um, if you're a veteran. So let's say like you have this one character, but then all of a sudden they have an open spot and somebody didn't show up, and you throw on a mask, and then you go and do that. Then you'll have to change your mannerisms. And then you could just try out some other things that you usually don't do. So it's more pros and cons. The cons is um, if you're not used to wrestling under a mask, sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes it's hard to breathe. But once you're once you get accustomed to how to breathe, and once you're aware of your surroundings, then the cons won't be a problem. Yeah, because it kind of it kind of blinds you. Uh, it takes away your your profile vision, correct? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, I forgot about that part. It's been so long since I've been under a mask. Because uh, when I wrestled under a mask, I was I was in a tag team. We we was a tag team, and then there was a third guy with us. The guy on the apron and a guy on the outside, plus the fans will be yelling stuff, and that's how I will know what's going on. Because somebody will say something, and I'll know either something's about to happen or something's happening from the blind side. I might not be able to see with my peripheral vision. Somebody will say something, and I'll be able to analyze what's going on. Plus, I used to play football, and my coach used to preach, keep your head, keep your head on the swizzle. Because wearing a helmet, you can't see a lot of stuff from your peripheral vision either. So I'm constantly looking around and, like, making sure nothing weird is going on. Where are some of the places that you're wrestling right now where fans can watch you? Southern Violence Wrestling in Athens, Georgia, which is once a month, and they just got an IWTV deal. Before that, they were going to fight TV. So if you go on IWTV and you try to look up Southern Violence Wrestling, you only see two shows. That's because the rest, the rest of their history is on fight TV. All right. Um, Georgia Independent Pro Wrestling is a Sunday show that's once a month. Their shows is on Fight TV. That's in Warner Robins, Georgia, which is right next to Macon, Georgia. Renegade Championship Wrestling, but they just got a YouTube channel. So if I mess around and go up there and I forget to have my recorder match, then they got it. And that show is biweekly. Sometimes it's first and third. Sometimes it's second and fourth. It just depends on what they have going on. And RWA, which is Revolutionary Wrestling Alliance, that show is once a month. They're transitioning from Sundays to Saturdays because they have more fans on Saturdays than they do on Sundays. And that's in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. How, how did you get involved in professional wrestling? What was it that got you 
um, to start training? Well, um, my mom used to work at Walmart. This is when I used to live in Alabama before I moved to Georgia. My mom used to work at Walmart, and there was a guy that was training at Pro South Wrestling under Ace Haven. He was working at Walmart, and I have muscles and stuff, and a lot of dudes on the Indies don't. So I went to Walmart to go talk to my mom about something that was going on at home, and I was wearing jump shorts and a tank top. So after I talked to my mom, dude went and asked my mom because she taught me to get into wrestling. Little did he know I grew up a wrestling fan. I grew up a wrestling fan, and I always wanted to try it out and see what it was like anyway. I just didn't know where to go, and the only place that was available was WWE 4, which was way too expensive at the time. So then I added Ace Haven. We talked. Um, I didn't start immediately. Because around the time, I really couldn't afford it. I was delivering pizza. And even though it's good tips and okay money, I couldn't pay bills and train off of that around that time. My money management skills was trash around that time. So I waited a few months, got a better job, a better paying job, which I was making, making way more money. And then I end up delivering pizza on the side anyway again. So then I had the extra funds to start training, and it was on from there. And what what is it that you like so much about professional wrestling? What is it that I guess gives you that thrill or or that that charge? So I grew up a martial arts fan, and my mom used to always have a bunch of VHS movies on like old karate movies with like Bruce Lee and Jet Lee and Jackie Chan and a couple of other dynasty guys. Um she'll have some Jean Claude Van Damme movies here and there. And when I started watching wrestling, the Monday Night Wars was over with and everybody was literally in WWE and everybody that everybody else they didn't pick up was on the Indies. So it's late two thousand one and I'm at my auntie's house. And I walk in his bedroom because he's watching something. I was watching cartoons. But I noticed that whatever he's watching, it sounds like some action. So it was the action of wrestling is what attracted me. So I walked so walk in his bedroom. He's watching the episode of SmackDown. And the exact episode was, it was the Dudley Boys versus The Rock and Kurt Angle in the main event. That's when Kurt was the WWE champion. The Rock was the WCW champion, and the Dudleys, they was, they was tag champs of one of the companies. I don't know which one, but the Dudleys, they always had tag routes from somebody. So they wrestling, and um, they was beating the hell out of Kurt Angle. And I felt bad. I'm like, this dude just needs to get away from him. And I didn't, mind you, this was my first time watching wrestling. So I didn't realize Kurt had neck issues. As an adult going back and watching it now and seeing what they was doing, and I'm like, dang, my first time watching wrestling and watching that match, that's why I felt bad because he was targeting his neck, and I didn't realize that he had neck problems. I, shoot, I just thought he was being bullies, which they were, but there was a reason behind it. Boom, finally Rock got back in, and he's rocking and rolling. But uh, Shaman Man, Booker T, and Tess, they did a run-in. And the match ends up being a no contest. And Kurt Angle and a Rock end up, they both got 3D through a table. 
and I was extremely pissed about it. And that's how I got hooked on wrestling. It was the action from it. Oh, and plus the emotional ties that it was, they was playing with me at the time because it's my first time watching, but I'm like, these are some mean-ass dudes. What does it mean for you to uh, be listed in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 500? I mean, it's got to make you feel pretty good, right? It does. Before myself and a few other guys finally got put into it, um, it didn't used to mean anything to me because I thought only the popular people got in there. Because um, you got popular people in wrestling, you know, they got to kiss up to certain people to get where they get to. So I used to think the PWI Top 500 was that. Like, you had to be popular to get in. So when I finally made it, I'm like, wait a minute. So somebody's paying attention. So it it did feel good because there's a lot of wrestling talent that I know for a fact I could go toe-to-toe with or I could run circles around. And then there's other talent that I know that I can have a match with and learn a lot of things from. So being able to finally make the PWI top 500, well, yeah, that that was a cool thing for me. And not only that, um, what's crazy is how I found out because I didn't, I don't usually pay attention to stuff like that because I live under a rock. Half of stuff I don't pay attention to. Somebody else had to send me a screenshot that I was in. And that's how I found out. And I'm like, wait, so so there's people paying attention? Because for the longest, I can't even I can't even get even promoters to get me on their show outside of the Southeast. Yeah, that does feel pretty good. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independency. PWC, 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 in the zone. What are your your goals within maybe the next two years or something? You said that you you wrestle in Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee, but where would you you like to go and what? What's the plan for you? Well, the plan, that mainly depends on the the current situation at hand, which is, uh, one, COVID, and then, two, a personal thing is I have a daughter that's doing a couple of months. So I'm not sure how wrestling's going to pan out in the next couple of years, but I plan on wrestling somewhere overseas. Like, my goal was to wrestle in Japan make one of the big promotions in Japan. It's just because I never think to go to get a passport, but I need to go get one. But when I finally get one and the current situation stops shutting stuff down and I can finally go do that, yeah, that's what I like to do. Go to Japan, get recognized, and one of the big companies over there gives me a chance to be on their roster. You know, when I talk to other wrestlers, they they say it's important to kind of build, you know, build their connections there, like within their, you know, their home territory, you know, where wherever they're living, the the closest promotions that are there, and then and then they just go out a little further, and they go out a little further, you know, and they kind of stretch their their circle out a little bit, you know. Are there places that you can you can try doing that? Can you go to maybe 
Florida or Mississippi or something like that? I want to just wrestle outside the southeast, period, because the whole time I've been wrestling, I've always been in the southeast, and I only wrestle outside of the southeast once, and that was a show in Pennsylvania. I want to wrestle everywhere and just get my name out. So that's why I like Japan. Wrestling in Japan and Europe has always been a goal for me. And nothing wrong with North America, but I feel like I could fit that style better than I can over here. Like people like my style over here. It's just so many people in the Indies. They try to wrestle a similar style, and it almost looks the same, but my style doesn't look the same as everybody else's. It's just if I say, hey, I do strikes, then they're going to do what everybody does strikes. Like, not like me, but okay. What do you think uh, your strongest asset is in the ring? What do, what do you? How would you describe your style? Mainly hard-hitting and um what I try to do is the way that I felt about martial art movies and my favorite TV shows growing up, that's how I try to make everybody feel when I'm performing. Who are some of the guys that are wrestling in the scene where you where you wrestle? Some of the other wrestlers that are are working alongside you. Can you name a handful of guys and gals? There's Fred Yehai. I like the runner run a match with him. Um, there's um Timmy Lowe. He's a North Carolina guy. I wrestled Joe Black once, but I don't like that match because it was literally right after COVID. Not after COVID, but after shutdown, COVID is still here. And um, when everybody started back wrestling after the shutdown, nobody, nobody could wrestle – to the full extent because of ring rust. I was also sick too, so I'm wrestling sick with ring rust, trying to fight as hard as I can. So I would like a second match with Joe Black, a match with Timmy Lowe, a match with Fred Yehai. There's a guy named Owen Knight. He's highly underrated. He's a Georgia guy, so I would like to wrestle him. So when I started out, everybody that I wrestled, they was more experienced than me or they was trained by somebody that was well established and very detail oriented. So every so every every match was was a progression to me. So there was never that one match that just that just made my progression go up. It was every it was every match for me. Plus, I was constantly doing seminars while I was constantly going to training. So I would pick up things, use it in the match. Pick up something else, use it in the match. How somebody critique a match, subtract something, add something. So every every match was a progression to me because I will wrestle a match. Somebody will watch it. Somebody will tell me about it. The, the do's and the don'ts, the pros and the cons. Or everybody will just be – or – if there is no cons about it, I'll get a lot of praise for it, but then I'll still find something that I'm either going to not do or add next time or take away because it might have been too much. Sometimes I'll find something, 
a lot of times somebody else will point something out. So every match for me was a progression point. Even guys that I'm more experienced um, wrestling, so I'll wrestle them, then I'll go back and watch it, then I'll go, I should have did this, or I could have done that. You had mentioned that you go to, uh, you were going to a lot of seminars. Who are some of the people that that you you train from in those seminars? There was Booker T, who's my favorite wrestler, by the way, and uh, he is very detail-oriented. He is so detailed that you will ask him a question. He will answer it, answer, and then he will answer your next 10 questions before you thought about it. So when he finishes saying what he's saying, you can't, you don't have a question because he already answered it before you thought about it. And by the time you thought about it, you go, oh, wait, he already answered it. He said this. He said this. He said this. Now you got to scramble for a question, or you got to elbow somebody for them to think of a question. So I learned a lot from Booker, Alex Shelley. I learned some physical stuff, some physical core stuff from him that nobody ever said. Orrin Anderson, he's another detail-oriented guy too. Him and Booker T, they kind of said the same thing, but at the same time, they came from the same company. So whatever Orrin knew. Booker T probably learned it from him or somebody that wrestled with him. And uh oh, my favorite seminar is the uh the Bertaries. They're they're a Pennsylvania guy and they wrestled the they wrestled a Lucha style. So that was the first ever seminar that I did. But that seminar that seminar taught me to like limit my bumps and if I have to fall for any any point in time, instead of just taking a bump, I could just turn it into a roll. Because they, their thing was, the more rolls you do, the less bumps you take. And the less bumps you take, the longer you wrestle. Which completely explains why you have so many Lucha Libre guys and Japanese guys that was wrestling in the 80s that's still wrestling now. Meanwhile, you got a lot of North American guys, they can barely walk. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it really is. And what is your, your, uh, I guess your emphasis on seminars or obviously, um, wrestling is something that you can never, never stop learning, right? Yeah, you can never stop learning. The thing about seminars, all the seminars that I took a high interest in, I wish I was able to record them. Cause the hard thing about seminars is, They'll teach a lot, but you're you're probably only going to take, like, one thing away from that. Seminars have their pros and cons, too. Like, you can learn a lot, but the brain can only take in so much. So that's the con about it. Like, you'll, you'll, pay, you'll pay a good penny for a seminar. And my thing is, I wish I could have left with all that stuff. But if I would have somehow set up a camera and been able to record it, which is a 95% chance that wasn't allowed, then if I was able to get it on record where I could just take it home and study it to the core, then I would have been able to take a lot of stuff out of seminars and then put it in matches. Name a wrestler who you think uh, would be a dream match for you. Is there anybody out there that you would like to wrestle? If we could get Booker T in the ring, I would love to wrestle Booker T. But um, like I said earlier, I like to wrestle Fred Yeehaw. I like to wrestle Timmy Lowe out of North Carolina. I love to wrestle Owen Knight. 
He's a, he's a WA4 guy that came out during the 2015 and 16 waves. Some of these established guys in, like, companies like Impact and uh, AEW that, like, that, like, knows how to work to the T, I like to wrestle them just in general. I just like wrestling in general. How can fans find you on social media? They can find me on uh, Facebook, Brandon Watley. So Instagram is Brandon Watley 92. Twitter is BWatley92. Facebook is just Brandon Watley. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on the show, and I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book on Amazon. Ring the Listen to J.D. Barris and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear and you will to ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring. Tune in to the Wrestler Weekly Podcast with Mike Leotis. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. Mike digs into interesting wrestling topics and conversations. The 2022 season starts in January with guests like Austin Idol, Nick Aldis, John Arezzi, and George, George Napolitano. Find Wrestler Weekly on Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. Podcast.